Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Birds with Dragons podcast. Um, I know because I got my Spotify rap for this year of the podcast. Um, so I know the majority of you guys are in the United States, Australia, uh, Philippines, and Denmark, and also I think Canada. I don't know. I'm Canadian. So. No. Uh, so I know for many of you, um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Um, and I kind of just felt like recording an episode. I've been so busy since season four came out. I haven't had um, a ton of kind of quiet downtime to sort of record, but I thought I have the next few days, you know, we are closing on a kind of big sort of chunk of time in, in some ways in the Dragon Prince fandom. We're closing in on uh, one hell of a year. Uh, so I thought I would just kind of wrap things up, talk about season four, maybe a little bit more now, especially cause like, um, last episode, you know, if you returned it, if you were trying to savor it, maybe you, you know, you didn't watch at the time or now that we've had like more time with, with the season. Um, cause like, uh, you know, I really liked season four when it first came out and I, and at, at the time that was kind of a semi unpopular opinion uh in some ways i don't know i don't know uh there was definitely more of that whole like the season hadn't quite been what we had um expected in terms of like um plot and like some of the character stuff some of the relationship stuff particularly like in the realm corner but i really liked everything and then the you know over the past like month and a half i've just enjoyed this season like more and more um and more i guess like I don't want to say positive because it feels like the wrong word um but I feel like maybe the general fandom attitude towards season four has has shifted a little where it's kind of like you know the people who maybe like came back for it and didn't like it like they're kind of like there's less negativity like there in terms of um, some of that stuff um and then the people who did like it you know or the people who are like okay maybe this wasn't like my ideal but it's what we got so i feel like people are a little bit more um more willing to talk about like what we did get rather than maybe focusing on like we didn't get this or we didn't get that so um seeing that kind of shift has been nice for me um because you know i i don't know i was just like i'm somewhere like i was so worried going into season four that like i would be um too attached you know, I'm gonna see if I can turn off my headphones and it'll still record nicely. So just give me one second, cause I don't need to have these on right now. Power is off, okay. And so, yeah, so like that's been kind of like an interesting shift. Um, and I feel like, I know for me, like because life is busy and then obviously like we got the season for earlier, um, in November, it's already been, which like I'm saying this out loud, I can't believe it, it's already been almost two months since the season came out. Uh, and I still feel, I feel like I'm still processing because there was just, there was so much. Um, and so I, I feel like going into the new year, like probably by the end of January, once we hit like the three month mark or we're moving into that, um, it'll feel like we have fully settled in or are settling in to the postseason four hiatus in terms of like okay we're waiting for season five and that's like crazy to me because the postseason three hiatus was so 
incredibly long that like sometimes the fact that we have season four it's not that like it doesn't feel real but it still feels like we're still kind of waiting for it and so being like and also like i'm sure that's um accentuated because like some of the things that we or i thought were gonna get answered in season four like arabella's escaping what the cube does uh, or what the key unlocks you know i thought we were gonna maybe like get those sorts of like answers um in season four and then obviously like we didn't we're still kind of waiting for for those things um but like i don't know it's it's this weird thing of like we're waiting for season five and that's really exciting not only because we're waiting for a new season so we finally got some some sustenance um but also because like this hiatus is undoubtedly going to be much shorter um than the previous one like they've confirmed like we're getting season five in 2023 cannot believe it's 2023 which is so gross it makes me feel so old and like I, I teach a lot of I work with a lot of or I work with students of every age like I tutor university students I tutor kindergartners so like I'm kind of all over the place but like there are some students like sometimes they'll be like oh yeah it was born in like 2012 and I'm like what but you're like a person you're like you can talk like you're not and it's just oh it throws me so hard or like I'll be teaching them, I'll be like a reference um, to something that happened like 2012 because I'm teaching them about something that happened that year. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I wasn't born yet. And I'm like, stop it, stop it. So I think it's like a similar thing now where like I look at like the season one kiddos and I'm like, oh my God, they're babies. And I already felt that way, just looking between like them at the beginning of season one versus them at the end of season three but like especially with the time scale, especially with the new designs for like i want to say like ezra and stuff um which like season four i was i was saying this to like my my uh partner and if you want more of our like joint thoughts on season four on drag friends in general we've recorded a couple episodes so they go by those five adorbers but i was talking to my partner the other day i'm like season four is ezra's best season and that is saying something because like season one when he shines he really shines obviously like he's he has some really good great moments especially in like the latter half of season two but i was like that that season is very very calm focused uh but again like when season two like the second half of season two like chef's kiss love that for ezra and like season three is fantastic for him i love his season three arc so much uh 302 the crown is my like tied as my favorite episode of the season um and like nothing happens in that episode like i okay i love kasif so like that definitely factors in i love my trash son uh because i was like i'm gonna make myself like you because you are a darker scene character of color and if you were a white boy i can guarantee that you would have more fans than you do so like i'm i'm gonna be your fan i'm gonna make myself like you and then i did and now i'm like oh no congratulations you played yourself um so like season season four is Ezrin's best season I think it's the season where we get to see um the most kind of overt like introspection we get to his speeches are fantastic you know we start to see more of him being old enough and in dire enough situations over like I love like season one, season two, Ezra, and even season three, Ezra, but like he's not totally like insecure, if that makes sense. Like he's a very, he, ha- he has his worries, but like he doesn't really have any like core wounds. And it feels like, um, it feels more like 
Ezra in season four has just been through a lot more like as a person he's grown up a little bit more you know he's he's seen um the effect of Rayla leaving on Callum but he also still loves Rayla you know he acknowledges his own hurt and his own pain about like his family situation so like season just like every episode in season four is fantastic for Ezrin um even like the even the episode where like he's not as much of a focus like I want to say like the first and second episode doesn't get much focus um but like season four is his best season so I'm like oh god love that and I also like loved his parallels with Janai I thought that was fantastic slowly I'm making my way through like the meta I want to write um, so I've, if you're somebody who is interested in reading more in-depth thoughts in season four in some ways that's more visual or coherent than anything that will inevitably um, pop up here verbally, um, I'm doing an established theme series because like my, I was going to say hypothesis, but it's not a hypothesis. My like thesis, because I was like, okay, like season four has a lot of structural similarities in terms of like how it is like mapped out and like it's mini arcs and like even just like certain character beats and shots and callbacks and so much framing that really parallels um the previous seasons right but in some ways season four is like pacing wise season four is like um Season four is almost like it's paced like season one, but the emotional beats for the characters is a lot more like season two, where like you'll have some characters who like, you know, they're very much like embroiled, which makes sense like this is the midpoint of the story, right? Season two is the middle. Now I need to chase this down because I haven't really like articulated that yet, but it's just what's in my head as I'm trying to explain this. It's the best of my ability, so hold on tight. Um... And so, like, season four has, like, a really kind of similar kind of, like, emotional beat of, like, framing, again, of, like, you know, you are getting um, certain, like, certain beats, or some, things are already being partially fulfilled, like, partially paid off, and then other things are just being, like, massively kind of set up for, like, the next thing, which, like, I think that season five may end up being my favorite season of the whole show. I'm a slut for final seasons though so i'm like i i really feel like my my final season like faves will probably be end up being like season seven as number one season five number two and like season three as as number three uh but i adore season two i love i love season one an ungodly amount like arguably too much when i was working on like the rail and vanzine like almost no one wanted to write for season one and i was like baby give me season one i want to write early stage Raylum is like such a gift it is so good there's like so much going on there and like I think that was also one of my favorite things about season four because like I do actually love season four more than season one which like I didn't know because like season one of course also has that added benefit of like I have so much nostalgia for that season right they're so young they don't know what's going to happen yet like they're babies I love like bond development like early bond development is one of like my favorite stuff um so like the fact that season four for me ranks above season one, I'm like, I, I really liked season four. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate was like, it, it's it's conscious of the fact that it's in the middle. So it both can um, draw on everything. It doesn't have to spell things out the same way, maybe. It can draw on the fact that we already know this, we already have all this context. 
um, while also giving us all this like setup because it knows that it can like take its time. And so my my thesis, to, we're gonna round back, we're gonna cycle, we're gonna cycle back. My thesis <laughs> is that um, like the first three seasons were very, very intense about theme, obviously, but very much like very like plot driven, like characters making choices that drive the plot. And that's still true, obviously, like in season four in particular, right? Even if Arvos isn't as much of a character this season, because like it's the season where we see him the least, except for season one. Um, although I do, but again, it's like, it makes sense to me that like a, a season where it feels like the characters have less agency, it's like, well, because they actually do, because there are like forces beyond their control that they don't fully understand, they can't fully conceptualize, that are that is now like encroaching onto their lives. Um, in ways that they're becoming conscious of, right? So it, it's that like, it's that like meta helplessness. Anyway, my point about season four, my thesis, where I get distracted again, because God, um, is that I feel like in some ways season four was like, okay, we're gonna be breathing room a little bit, obviously, but like we're gonna write to establish theme over plot rather than maybe the way they were writing before where it was like, plot over theme or like them hand-holding like season four is um obsessed with with and dragon prince is like a deeply thematic show and to kind of conceptualize what that means right is like or not be not conceptualized but to, to articulate kind of what i mean is like if you've seen avatar Airbender, and i'm assuming that you have if you are a dragon prince fan i'm just assuming that you've seen avatar if not go watch it what are you even doing here anyway Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm not excited for like the new Avatar Studio stuff though. I'm like, I didn't want a sequel. I wanted a prequel. Anyway, it's fine. But the original show, the original like Avatar Airbender is like, again, because it has longer seasons, um, you get more quote unquote filler apps and like most of the episodes and like even, even the great divide and I'll die on that hill. But like they develop the theme. So like, it's not that Avatar isn't like conscious of its themes because it always is. However, because there's more just like room, it's like the characters, I don't know. It's like everybody fits in. Oh, I, okay, I think this is a good I think this is like a good comparison. So like every in characters, every character contributes to the overall like theme you know, of like you have to find balance within yourself before you can bring balance to the world and aspects of like cultural grief and like reconciling duality, right? Everybody has everybody has spades and elements of that right Sokka uh you know has to reconcile the duality of like how do I be like a man and how do I be like a more sexual person especially in the beginning right Toph is seen as being helpless and like completely dependent versus being like overly dependent and brash and she has to kind of be in the middle right so it's like all the main characters you know are, are informed by that duality and informed by that struggle to like reconcile like the differing parts of their identity amid this like immense loss of like cultural and social grief and like whatever right so there's all that going on on this Nickelodeon kids show from 2005 god bless however it's like in Afro-Zerbind the three most important characters from a thematic standpoint and like certain characters don't have duality as much like Tylee doesn't have a ton of duality May has a little bit more um you know Azula kind of does kind of doesn't in in, in some ways but she has a lot of duality in her relationship with Zuko, not as much in her maybe independently as a character. And that doesn't mean like they're complex, but complex in different ways, right? And so um, 
so like kind of it's like the three most important characters in Avatar Last Airbender for the theme is like Aang, Katara, Zuko. Like they are, they are the narrative three. They are the most informed by this like theme of duality. They are the embodiment of like the show. Like you need all three of them on a fundamental level for this this thing to like work right you could take out Sokka from not like a plot standpoint or anything but like from a thematic standpoint and the show would probably still work it would be weaker but it would probably still work same with Toph and I think that's one of the reasons why she doesn't get a ton of development in like most like she has some great episodes in season three but she definitely has less right like season three is really Katara Zuko and Aang's season in a lot of ways and like it's also my favorite season so again I, I know what I'm I'm partial and again like other characters have fantastic moments it's not that anyone is being like deprioritized but like these are the narrative three and they matter the most for the story to work on like a thematic level in terms of like symbolism just narrative messaging like all that sort of stuff in terms of like what is the show about on like a on a core in like fundamental level and the dragon prince drives me crazy because there is no narrative three it is everyone everyone is embroiled and just like so deeply entrenched and embedded in this like great almost like thematic reckoning of something that is on the surface so simple like breaking cycles but is so complex and messy in terms of its execution and in terms of like how everyone fits in because they also are like they you know it's not just social or systematic or even like magical cycles it's it's all the interpersonal cycles right and so to watch season four hammer that in so heavily of like episode like you know all of the the parallel framing of pain up to the moon and like uh the way that ibis's death parallels like harrow's and viren's and just like you know watching viren and callum literally like retread viren's steps and they both kind of like turn away and can't fully commit and then you have claudia who goes up to the spire and falls down the stairs where that her father did before. Like, there's just so much kind of like going on and it, it's such a tight show. And I think part of that's also cause like, again, like much shorter seasons. So you don't have as much like time to kind of, and again, like, it's not like filler is a bad thing. I would argue that Dragon Prince like has, knows when to have its filler. Some people's issue with season four was they felt like it had too much filler. But I feel like even that like, filler that's there at all still exists to like have this purpose and to be like establishing like certain aspects and things and like whatever and so like Dragon Prince is like a deeply deeply thematic show and I think that's why it makes my brain so happy um because it's the closest I've come I would presume thinking about like okay how would you write something like this in terms of it's really close to how I write uh my books and I talked about them a little bit uh it's kind of like avatar and percy jackson and dragon prince but embroiled in like one thing and i also talk a lot about cycles and again i've been working on this since like 2013 2016 so it was actually really funny to like realize there are certain um 
Oh, I'm gonna see it. <coughs> yep, there we go. But like my main character's thing is all about agency as well. So that's kind of like one of her like thematic cornerstones. Like she has others, connection, nature, growth, right? So like there's all that sort of stuff. Uh, but one of her main things is agency. And so it's been really interesting to watch her now. She's she's and again, like I was writing this like well before, but it's interesting to then, you know, because I would say agency has always in that perpetual struggle for agency has been something of wanting to feel in control of wanting to feel like you're useful that you can contribute that you have power to be in control right has always been like a driving if you have agency basically right has been uh, such a big aspect of his arc of like who were you becoming do you get to choose who you want to be right we were in you know obviously like him being stuck in his own head literally in season two that's like his hell which is so much for a character who overthinks and obviously, like, Erebos making him feel like his mind isn't safe, right? Of like, I fucking called that that would be, like, a thing. And I didn't know how it manifests, but, like, it made sense to me. So, like, I was including that fanfics earlier. And, like, season four just has a lot going on. And so I started writing. This was a very, very long-winded ramble. But I'm writing something where I break down every episode thematically. I'm only on episode two of season four so far. But if you're interested in my um, established theme series, you can search that tag up. There's a couple of other posts in there about like um, Terry and the season's relationship to name specifically for him, Viren and Callum and how like those parallel and differ and how like Terry, this is one of the reasons that like really um, impressed me this season because so often you have a queer character and like if you do have i'm thinking of something like kind of like the owl house which again is doing like great lgbt rep so like great awesome whatever um but like so often you'll have like queer stories or stories with queer themes that the message will always just be like be who you are or accept who you are and or you'll find people who accept you and like we don't really or it's okay to be different Right. I would say maybe that's like the Owl House kind of core theme. Like, you know, if you'll find the people, you'll find your chosen family and it's okay to be different. And those are beautiful messages. It's not to knock those messages. Cause like I cry like a little baby when they pop up. Like I'm, you know. However, one of the things that I really liked about the way the Dragon Prince was handling Terry's like queerness and trannis in particular is because it is entrenched in the theme of the show in terms of agency to choose who you want to be, which is a slightly more um, which is like a slightly more mature theme. And it also applies to, again, like every character in the show. And so it feels less, um, it feels less common for like kind of the complexity of themes that we give queer characters. And I just felt like it was really refreshing and just really impressed that they managed to work. Um, not only a coming out scene that I really appreciated, like as a trans person, and even as somebody who didn't change my name when I was coming out, um, and so I just thought it was so well done and like I really appreciated that so I loved that um and I was talking with one of my family members when we were visiting over the holidays because I also was like hey you might like this show he'll watch whatever I recommend to him I'm just like amazing love him you're my favorite and so um having in-laws is great and so I was talking to him about like the dragon prince and I don't want to ramble too much in real life. So I'm like, tell me to stop if you want. But he was asking me kind of like Rayla and he was like, he, he is like casual as they come. Like he remembered like the bare bones of the previous seasons. He did not read like any of the graphic novels. 
I think maybe I like I told him what happened and through the moon and like he forgot about it. Like he he is as casual as they come. He really enjoyed the new season. And so he was saying, you know, and I always like whenever I get people who have because in fandom, like we're all kind of so entrenched, like some of us don't keep up with all the lore, all the drops or whatever, but like we're all generally like knowing what's going on. Right. Like we've known about like Alarion and Erebos and the dark magic connection, like all those sorts of things, because we translated the poem that was written in Arabic in season two back in 2019. Like normal people are not doing that. Right. So I always really appreciate when I can hear a more like casual perspective, because by virtue of being in the fandom, like we're less exposed to them. Right. So I always really enjoy kind of hearing like what is the initial like takeaways or just like thoughts on characterization, whatever. And so I was really enjoying this conversation and he was kind of saying to me, he was like, Rayla was interesting this season because she came back and she was so different yet exactly the same at the same time. And I was like, I know exactly what you mean. Um, And he was like, do you think something like fucked up happened to her like while she was away? And I went, absolutely. Uh, Because we've talked about though, you can't save every or we can't save everyone line um, that I have thought about every single day since this season came out. Because it's just, it's such a gut punch. It's such a character change. And, you know, it's not totally, like, that part of her isn't, I, I love the way that it mirrored, again, like, Rayla shutting down a part of herself in order to do what she thought had to be done. And, like, she hasn't fully let that go, even when she comes back. And the way that we see that mirrored in Callum, obviously, we have, like, more context for what Callum is going through. But I'm like, we're going to find out what happened to Rayla. Like, it's too juicy. They're going to give it to us. It's going to, we're going to, I'm going to ball. Um and so like and then that mirrors obviously like mirrors callum right um of him shutting down his emotions to do what he thinks he needs to do and even when she comes back he still doesn't totally let go right like you get so used to a certain way of behaving you don't suddenly like just get rid of it um even when you have the chance to heal like presented to you or even when you have a second chance presented because people are messy and complicated and like esmond says we can't ignore anger and hurt and pretend that it will go away because it won't um and again i'm curious to see how that goes into the season for those two in particular especially for claudia because she's the character who lives in denial a lot um i will also say i am so excited for next season to be ocean because we finished we finished season four and i was like oh man like next season is ocean like i just had like a feeling i was like it would fit the focus on rayla um and it just made sense like i i we have like the three seasons right we're assuming that the next three are ocean dark and stars right because if we get a season we might get a season i wouldn't be part of me is wondering if um there won't be a season called dark magic and it'll be like deep magic or just primal magic or something instead um of like what maybe the first elves practice before it was presumably divided into the primal elves but like how what that looked like we have no idea um so i'm really curious about that but i feel like oh, most people i've seen when they're speculating is like everybody's like yeah next season's ocean because that makes sense um just for like a variety of reasons and then like i remember there was this bit in tales of zadia where like the poem that has 
um, like a stanza about the um, Star Touch elves leaving that uh, is or even earlier than the fall of Alarion. So we know that they left before Alarion fell, which again is really interesting because um, it implies that like Erebus went through that alone. Like that wasn't necessarily like their fault, maybe. So like who knows? Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a, it's. I'm so excited for the deep lore. I love deep lore, and we almost never get it. So I'm like, yay! This is my dream. This is my dream. And again, like season four is gonna be. See, not we'll see. I did love season four, but season five is gonna be my season. Cause I'm like, we're gonna get real and reconciliation. We're gonna get more focus on my baby girl. Airbus is gonna get out. We are going to get to figure out what the fucking cube does. And I might get to see King Alling. It's my season. This is going to be my King Alling. It's going to be my season. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that poem was is apparently guarded by an ocean rune in Evanir. And I'm like, those sly, they think these bitches think that they're so sly and sneaky. Just like slipping that in for us. And like, I am confident that Ariel's will get out at the by the end of season five, 100%. And again, watch me be wrong again, because I said that same thing about season four. But I'm confident that he'll get out 100% um, by the end of season five, because obviously, like, I think we've said this before, but like season six, like, we have to be able to defeat him and then, or like, try to defeat him and fail. And season seven, like, we can actually, like, win. Like, yay, hooray, you know? Um, so like I I'm like and like when you, when the cube first comes onto screen it has the star and the ocean and the earth primal and like when Riella tosses it to him and he's like you found it it's the ocean primal and like again they think they're being so sneaky and they don't realize how much I don't have a life and how much energy and time I can devote to this like I'm on to you um and I have lots of thoughts and feelings about it. So if you would like more of those unhinged thoughts and feelings, you can check out Realm with two A's tagged Key of Erebos. Because uh, I'm losing my mind. And it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, what was my original? Oh, yes, the season. So most people have been saying that they think that um, the final season will be dark. And um, season six will be stars. And I, I get the reasoning because it's like light in the darkness and whatever. Um, but I feel like seasons, it makes more sense to me. And I'm, again, I'm mostly drawing on this just thematically. Um, it makes more sense to me for season six to be dark if that's the season where everything is going to go totally wrong. Um, if, again, there's a season called dark, because I could also see it being deep magic. Um, which, like, okay, if if it's not dark magic then i think deep magic would be the final season because it means that like we've learned a lot about all the primals and then we're finally moving on to like the original thing so i could see that and if it is dark magic if it's the six primals and dark magic i think season six will be dark because like that will be the darkest point in the story and Airbus will be fully out and he'll be doing his thing and he will have like one you know in a lot of ways so i think like that makes sense and I like the idea of stars being the final season because, like, you are striving against destiny at that point. You're trying to choose, like, who you want to be and what world you want to live in. And I feel like that idea of writing your own destiny, of rearranging the stars, making new constellations, like, 
all that symbolic stuff, I feel like that would be really strong as an ending because I feel like if it's just dark magic for the final season, it's almost not like thematically weak. That's not the right idea, but narrow. It's a narrow kind of idea, I suppose. Um, it's a narrowing kind of what you can do thematically with a title like that. It's kind of like, again, Avatar final season is called Fire. And obviously like Fire, we need to defeat the Fire Lord, blah, blah, blah. But we also learned that fire and firebending can be like a beautiful thing and a positive thing. And it's also like life and energy. And we see some of the good and the greater bad of the Fire Nation, right? So I feel like stars would work on a similar kind of level in terms of broadening rather than narrowing the thematic focus. But like, who knows, man? Um, and then the other, I guess, season four stuff that I kind of wanted to talk about was just kind of like some of the things that like I've noticed maybe like on my certain like rewatches and kind of like um, thoughts like here and there. So I guess I'll just kind of go into that and try and keep it coherent. So yeah, so some of the other things in season four that I have really grown to appreciate um, is I shockingly, I know I do love Prince, I'm gonna pronounce his name, Prince Karim. And I love that he's allowed to be sympathetic and emotional and like it escalates naturally and he's wrong but you also like you understand where he's coming from and it's this really interesting thing of like i always it's something that i think again i think about and i touch on it a lot in my own work because my work has a reincarnation cycle kind of at its heart and so there's a lot of emphasis you know when when my characters are meeting people who knew their past lives or thinking about i wonder what my next life might be like there's a lot of that sort of reflection on like, there's so much, and I might get emotional. There's so much that we are not able to see because things change too slowly. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think that there's an expiration date for change, um, except maybe like death. <sighs> Even that if your will is pretty solid and like, okay, cool. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, but there are certain things where it's like, we just, we don't get to see the fruit of our labors or all those efforts. And it's something that I really wrestled with when I was younger in particular, growing up as a young, as a younger queer person of, you know, that kind of grief for me, at least that I felt um, of realizing I was a part of this community and what that might mean for my life. And also what that meant for me historically and kind of learning that history and kind of choosing to take on that weight. And the fact that as much as, you know, there have been so many great strides in, in queer history, um, there was so much backslide and there are so many people where it, it didn't change quickly enough. And we can't, we can't save them and we can't fix things for them even like the AIDS crisis. Really cheerful for Boxing Day, I know, uh, which is apparently a Canadian thing. You guys don't have, nobody else really has, or I guess Americans don't have Boxing Day. I won't speak for everybody else, but my American friends were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Boxing Day. It's the day after the holiday. It's almost like our Black Friday. Um, and we also have Giving Tuesday. So that's like very kind of sweet. Um, but like, I've, I've never seen that kind of grief really expressed before. 
in something like a children's show or even like a lot of the adult kind of sitcoms that I watch and I was like there's sitcoms but some of them can get pretty deep like the good place and stuff like that of that emphasis and that acknowledgement that like you are allowed to be sad that you there are things I've seen in the past few years in terms of queer representation that I never thought I would see if not for years and years um, or certain strides that are being made for being made forward and like obviously like you know Kareem and the Sunfire I was like they're they're black they're not coded as black they're black and you know there are this proud people with such a rich history and culture and traditions and I love that the show is able to give that to them and that they're allowed to embrace that and have that focus and that that centering but you know it's right because like Janai isn't wrong some things do just take time it takes time to change people's minds it takes time to develop solutions or prosperity you know change it's like sarai says and sees like change takes decades at, at its core and like one of my best friends is a history major so we talk about it a lot um in terms of just like how long it can take some societal ideals and stuff like that to to change to change or to not have any residue of, of, of stuff. And I say it to a lot of my students of like, you know, like this ended less than 200 years ago, or this is a very recent idea or, you know, stuff like that, like comparatively, like it's only been around for like 150 years, like whatever it is. Um, and so like, because things stick with us, we, we carry those burdens, we carry that way of remembrance. And so I love the way that and also that grief for what, for the things that we got to see and the things that we won't get to see, you know, you, you can grieve both of those things. And I love um, seeing that. And I really hope that he's not just a douche canoe in future seasons, because I'm like, I don't want Janai to lose another sibling. So I have written like a big like season five speculation post. Um, so, you know, kind of like, what do I think might happen with the coins and, you know, the various kind of options of, of, you know what could happen of like this could happen they could get out now they could get out later kind of like all that sort of stuff or like all the different kind of avenues where where could we go from here um because i'm super excited for all of it um and then yeah so i really loved him this season i don't feel like i talked a lot about that last time so i wanted to make sure like i touched on that um as well as like the the sunfire conflict in general because again, like it's rare to see stuff that touches so overtly on religion. And I'm not a religious person at all. Um, I was born and raised as a Christian, as a Catholic. Um, you know, went through periods in my life where I was more atheist leaning. I went, I went from like being born and raised Christian and Catholic um, to like choosing to kind of independently have my faith and then kind of being agnostic and then being like atheist for a couple of years like in a chill way like people who are like you're stupid for believing in god it's like are you high like having faith and like maintaining that faith can be like an incredibly difficult thing like just because there's periods in my life where i wasn't able to do it doesn't mean i'm gonna shit on people who can or on other people who can't like it's such a personal thing and like anyway i think that's silly um and like now i'm agnostic again right so like we go kind of back and forth, right? And so where was my point? Oh yeah, I loved seeing kind of religion and that sort of thing and those idea of sacred rights and stuff like that 
being respected to the degree that it was, um, particularly because I find a lot of white male atheism in the Western world um, to have like those kind of remnants of colonialism in terms of looking down on people's beliefs. I'm going to be wrong. Like I'm not cultural relativity all the time. Like I love, but that, I think that's why I love to deny solution because it's that middle path of rehabilitation and applicability and, you know, a third path over just punishment or no punishment over just like violence or carelessness between like okay like let's actually go in the middle and like walking that way and like she again she's also one of my favorites so i love seeing her this season um the more i think about realm's dynamic this season the more that i like it and the more excited i am that they're building on things that like i always really enjoyed in their dynamic that is now being brought to the forefront so one of the big things and like i don't know how much i've talked about this here but I've written a couple of metas on it on my other on my blog. Um, it's the whole concept kind of of like Rayla and Callum and the show's motif in general with like a variety of things, but it probably manifests in their dynamic the most of that duality of something being your salvation or your destruction, right? Like the, will the cube help you or hurt you? Uh, will magic help you or hurt you, right? Um, and what it looks like when something is both. So I would say like Claudia's relationship to dark magic is very much both. On the one hand, it saves her family. And on the other hand, it's also destroying and destroying her, right? It's kind of like, how do, you, how do you weigh those things? And like the way she weighs it is different than the way that somebody else like Soren might weigh it, right? Or Viren. So like, I really enjoy kind of like those thematic explorations of like, um, you know, there's the line that Viren has when he's telling the story of going into Zadia. He's like, this, hell, this place held um both the promise of our salvation and the threat of our destruction and so one of my favorite things about Kamala Rila ever since season one even particularly once we got into season two and then obviously season three just doubled down on it but I would say the bulk of it was built in season two um is like this relation this razor's edge like thin relationship between like love as death and destruction versus like transformation, which is inherently kind of destructive, right? You have to destroy the old in order for something, but also rebirth, right? For something new to take its place. And then also like love as 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 life and salvation, right? So you kind of have like that sort of like three-way kind of relationship. And you see all of those things in demonstrating in season two, right? Callum does dark magic motivated by love and protection, right? So he's willing to destroy himself at least a little bit if not a, uh, not a lot, like to save her, right? So love as that destructive force. And then obviously like that leads to him having this transformative moment, right? Uh, guided by the love that he has for Harrow and Sarai and the trust he has in them, right? And then even Rayla being um, saved because Callum loves her, right? Even just like in the end, in the season three finale. Um, where like this could be destructive, but it's ultimately what what saves you, right? And so they've had that kind of like elements in it. And so like I was picking up on all that, and then season four came and just patted me on the head and went, "You were right. We're gonna get there." And I just like want to scream inside every time that I think about it. Like I don't know if any of you guys know the band like Daughtry, 
but like I've been listening to Daughtry recently and like the past three songs that I've revisited I have like cried just listening to and like Daughtry's not like an emotional band overall but I'm just here like there's just something about the vague pop country slant that's just getting into me right now and so I'm just here listening to Daughtry being like they're gonna destroy and save each other and like restore each other's sense of self and like is that really what I'm doing with my life yes yes it is um and so like I'm having like I thematically I've never been having a better time um and like next season is going to be ocean and it's going to be, it's going to be everything to me. And I just continually feel catered to in like the best way possible. So like, I'm very excited. Um, I also wanted to touch on why I think, um, why I think that we will get um the answers again watch me be like dead wrong and like we only get an answer to what the key unlocks oh hi stomach we only get an answer to what the key unlocks in like season six and season six is like star like i could also see that so like again that would work um but like i want it to be next season so badly and i think like it, it would just make sense. It would just make sense to me. Okay. I want it. I just want to know. It would make sense. And I do think that, like, I do think the cube, whether it's, like, you channel magic through it or you have to, like, bring it to the right spot or, like, whatever. I do think that the primal, like, cube operates as, like, key. Part of me wonders if, like, it was left behind and given to Erebos in case he wanted to join the other star touch elves wherever they went so like i've always paused it i'm like it's either just the key to his prison or it's the key to like the star nexus or like or something but like it's related to the star touch elves it's the only thing that makes sense um and so like again like if i thought the cube was mostly going to be positive i would be like oh yeah like it was passed down so that if Airbus ever came back you could get the star touch elves and like whatever however that doesn't totally make sense right because like well the arch dragons didn't like the arch dragons knew the cube was there the orphan queen is shown to have it right and um like if you if you have access to the star touch elves presumably in some capacity why not get their help in imprisoning Erebos? but we haven't seen any hint of that and we also know that Erebos has hated the Star Touch Elves for significantly longer than even the fall of Valerion, right? So that like break happens like much, much earlier. And I think realistically, I think in some ways what happened was like he broke from them. It was like, but there are other people. And then one by one, every group like let him down in some capacity or some relationship. Erebos was like, you all suck ass. And now he hates everyone. Um, I think that would be really tragic and sad and again like would mirror a lot of like what real has been through in some capacity um so i would be curious to see that which like season four really gave me air wilson real both hunting and preying on mages primarily and i was like thank you i love my parallels <laughs> i love being fed
my niche ass shit. Like so many of you are in real parallels, so many of you are in Calum parallels, like even some good like Claudia Ezra parallels tossed in there just as like a treat, just for me. Like I was having such a good time. Uh, which again is why like I think I haven't really felt the hiatus yet. I'm still like, what do you mean? I still feel like it's been like two weeks since season four came out in some ways. And on the other hand, like I am so content to wait for season five. Like I'm so excited. Uh, and I'm really excited for the new year, uh, posting more stuff, more sneak peeks on Patreon. I have a lot of upcoming one-shots about like various Raylum things, but also like I want to write a one-shot from Sir Sparklepuff's POV because I talked myself into that and like I'll make, I'm going to make it sad. So like I'm really excited to kind of get to like explore all those sorts of things. Um, and then again, I'm losing my thought. Where was I at before that, before that? What was my thought? I can't remember my thoughts. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, but like, yeah, okay, the cube, the cube, right? So I still feel like what makes the most sense is that it does unlock Erebus's prison, but that just isn't its only purpose. Um, and I'm also really excited because like, I feel like everything is gearing up for Callum to connect maybe to the moon arcanum. And I've always said that the mirror is a very moon arcanum, like adjacent to me um, in a lot of ways. Even just like it operates very similar to the moonstone path and like the coins, which is very dark magic-y. And like we know that reflections and illusions and like it just feels like a moon magic thing. It just feels like it to me. Um, so like I have so many, like the cube could not matter at all and Calum could still like need to perform a moon spell and like that would work. Like, I don't care. I just really want him to have a conscious hand in freeing Erebos because I think that thematically makes the most sense. And then like in terms of consequence, in terms of like where he's headed and like all that sort of stuff. Um, and again, like I wasn't even thinking about this because like before I was like, you know, his, his bio and Tales of Zadia. And I know I talked about this in my big, like, Q-Posit Exchange Theory podcast episode, which uh, I wanted, to, I got out before season four came out. And I have now have done, like, an updated meta version with everything that season five, season four gave for the theory that might play out in season five. So, again, if you were interested in that, that is over on my Tumblr. It's on my directory page. You can just scroll down under predictions. You can find it. It's there. Voila. Um and so, like, again, like, him sacrificing that or giving that up, especially now that season four has asked, like, what what, what will he give it up for? He can't give it up now, right? Um, is like, Ezrin and Rayla. And, like, obviously his bond with Rayla is what needs to be repaired, but I can also see it being for Ezrin. I can see it for me, both of them. I lean more towards Rayla singularly because, like, that makes it harder for her to dismiss, like, what he's doing me all. Like, if it's Ezrin, it's like, well, of course he would give it for Ezrin. That's Ezrin. You know, what's really going to say of that shit? Um... I have no idea how Kim Vale is going to play into next season in terms of like, I have a couple of thoughts, but like, I haven't found anything that is working cohesively yet in my head. So I'm sure that'll be like what drives me crazy going into the new year is trying to fit all the pieces together like a puzzle. Where's Kapar when you need him? Um, but like, yeah, I just feel like the prison is just what perpetually makes the most sense. Oh, yeah, no, the thing about Tales of Zadia. So I was always like, Tales of Zadia, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here. Not all of it's going to be relevant. All of it's going to make it in. There's some stuff for sure. Absolutely. Um, but now that we know 
that there's certain things that like like there's a book called the book of Alarion that clearly that clearly has like the quasar diamonds on it and so like now that i know that like you were tightly entrenched just enough like uh Cam's bio quote one of his things is like his um his devotion is um and stuff is like i'm loyal to those close or i value i'm uh prioritize those close to me oh i'm i'm loyal to my inner circle not to any like silly kingdom and i was like you're crown prince come on bro um but it was really funny and again that's also how i've always viewed him of like he cares about the crown because he cares about ezra and it's like an extension it's not that like he doesn't feel the expectations and that he doesn't care at all but like that is his primary like stake in it if you will um and then obviously like rayla is his person and season four really demonstrates that with how much like um with how he treats her, with how he acts around her, just just everything in season four was like, she was your person. And this is what you've become while she's gone. <laughs> and it's really good, but like he's not he's not wholly himself and like you can see it in a lot of ways. Um and so like this can be such a long podcast app. I'm so sorry, but have fun, I hope. And like his other one is like I value those close to me more than any thing or anyone if if it was just anything i would be like okay like you know he's not materialistic we've seen him smash and destroy magical objects before it even got lampshade this season which i loved like whatever like i would say like over objects absolutely all the kids would say the same thing and we get to see a really good example of that with recognition but anyone anyone (sighs) that is a whole other statement and i'm obsessed with it and now that I know that, like, they are leaning um, heavily on stuff, like, in the book and blah, 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 I'm just like, bro, if you, if that comes back, I will never, ever stop screaming. Oh, my God. Like, I would lose my mind. That's really just what I want. I want to just lose my mind in the best way possible. And again, I also like the irony of like, you are setting free arables to free somebody else that you love, right? Um, Which like, we already kind of see a bit of that in the irony of like, Rayla holding Terry hostage, and Claudia having the parents and the coins, and even like the coins and the mirror, like their similarities as well, right? Um, And like, it's going to be so juicy. I'm having the time of my life. Um, as always, if you want like a more scripted like thing, or if you want me to answer specific questions or things that like I didn't touch on or haven't touched on, um, feel free to drop it in my inbox at Railing with Two A's and asterisk. There are certain cartoons I kind of want to talk about. Um, like I really love Dead End Paranormal Park. Season two is amazing. There's a couple of others that I want to like talk about and whatever and stuff. So again, if there's a cartoon collage that you guys would like earlier, let me know. Um, the bulk of my stuff is all on Railing on Tumblr. If you're not there, Railing with two A's. Um, but I also do have a Twitter, although I'm not super active on it right now. Um, under like Words W Dragons, and then I also have a Patreon. Um, if in a youtube channel under worth the dragons as well uh, if you would like to go the extra mile the tier started like two bucks a month and it makes a big difference so that would be lovely and you get sneak peeks and requests and stuff like that 
Um, so that really keeps me, keeps me going. Um, and then as well, uh, the Salvador Burrs and I are thinking of starting maybe like a gaming channel in the new year, uh, similar kind of style to what the Game Grumps do in terms of the, just the screen so you don't see our faces because we are protective. But um, if you have enjoyed our silliness or have enjoyed or just enjoy hearing me talk, you will hear me talk and scream playing Mario Party. Because I get out a lot of emotion in that game. In that game. Um, so that might be something to look forward to. And I probably will like leave a link or, uh, you know, give that as like an option. So that's kind of other places where you can find me. Because I know a lot of listeners joined this like past couple months in particular. So if you're newer, welcome. Awesome to have you. If you have been here for the past like almost three years of the podcast since I started it right after season three came out in the January, which is hard to believe. Holy shit. Um, thank you for sticking along. I hope you're having a good time. Feel free to leave when you're not having a good time. It's no big deal. Um, and I think that's it. So I'm going to say dragons out, peace, happy holidays, and I hope you're all having a good time with your friends, family, loved ones, and pets. Bye.